Hello and welcome to Central's podcast. We pray your heart is touched through listening and that it helps you in your walk with Jesus. Today's message is from Pastor Kurt. When you do look at this word overflow, it is the theme of our year, but really there's like destructive overflows and then there's productive overflows. So destructive could have absolutely been the overflow of water from burst pipes. We see the overflow of river banks during floods. You see the overflow of lava from volcanoes. Uh, even in our own spiritual life, you can see the overflow of anger and bitterness come out of our hearts. And those things are all destructive. Obviously, we're believing for a productive overflow right? When you can <clears throat> open up your cabinets and there's an overflow of food. Or when you have a need and somebody else that has an overflow of finances comes in to help you. And you know, you know what? God is the God of overflow. Or even when challenges do come about, we know that there could be an overflow of joy. Even in the midst of your frustration, deep down inside, there could be an overflow of joy. So what we want to do is this, is we want to focus on the productive overflow that the Lord wants to give us in 2023. We don't want to look at the, the, the negativity and the problems and the issues and the challenges. Those things are going to come, right? You don't have to speak, speak that over your life. There will be difficulties that come in your life. But we want to be prepared. We want our hearts to be prepared so that we can actually live in the overflow even in the midst of challenges. Can you say Amen. So overflow, is that, that's that word, uh, is going to be a theme for the entire year. We'll thread it in and out of different messages throughout this year, which we'll talk about in upcoming weeks. But it's going to be the focus of this entire month, uh, beginning really with today, but there will be the main focus next week during our overflow conference. You've heard about it in the upcoming weeks uh, or in the, in the previous weeks, but it starts next Sunday, January 8th, and it goes through next Friday, the 13th. Uh, so what's going to happen is we're going to have a special service next Sunday night at 6 p.m., and then there will be evening services at 7 p.m. each of those following nights. I know Tim Bennett, and I've been getting to know him, and we've talked several times just so he can understand my heart uh, for this week and for this year for our church. He understands the vision that we cast, the renovation that we've been going through. So he's been very intentional about learning where our church family is in this season. I trust him as an evangelist to come in, to preach solid, word-based messages. Power follows his ministry. So we believe that people will be born again and saved and touched by God and healed, filled with the Spirit. We're believing for an overflow during this week. And again, he's been an evangelist for over 17 years. He's been in our district for 20 years, highly respected uh, by our district leaders. So I believe that even his personality, uh, his communication uh, methods, I think he's going to connect really well with our church. One of the things we've never done, and we are just hoping and we're asking and we're challenging you parents of elementary kids to come. We've never done this before that I know of, but we're going to have children's ministry services happening that week as well. We're bringing in the district uh, director of children's ministry. So he's in charge of all children's ministries of all Pennsylvania and Delaware Assemblies of God churches. His name is Jeremiah Gruber. Again, I've heard him preach before. Pastor Tony is quite close with him. So he's actually coming in next Sunday all the way through next Wednesday. So you parents will sign your children in to the preschool and nursery just like you do on a Sunday morning and a super church every single night just like you do uh, or every evening service just like you do on a Sunday morning service. There will be full children's ministries those first four days, 
And then you'll still sign them in Thursday and Friday. Pastor Tony will do worship and an activity with them. And he's gonna bring them over as a children's ministry for those last two nights so your children can be exposed to those types of messages and altar calls as well. So we have ministry provided and we're challenging you. We know it's six days in a row, but we wanna make an investment that's gonna last really an eternity in our lives. So this is our goal too. We've heard this. We, we surveyed our parents last time we had a guest speaker in and one of the things we heard was even the lengths of services. So we are gonna craft our worship and the preaching and the altar call to fit within that seven to 8.30 window, that 90 minute window that we're used to as a church family. But then we're not gonna stop people from just tarrying at the altar and receiving prayer as long as that needs to take. So parents, you would know that your children, you, you will receive an entire service with worship, preaching, have an opportunity to respond to an altar call, to be prayed for, within that 90 minutes, and then there will be just open time to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do uh, beyond that. In addition to that, we will have daily prayer. This is a week of fasting for those of you. We haven't talked about it a ton this year, but for those of you who begin a year uh, with a fast, which is foregoing food, whether it's all your meals, one meal, portion of meals, uh, for the purpose of seeking the Lord. So this is a week of fasting and prayer, worship and word. So we're going to have prayer services in our prayer room uh, Monday through Friday at 8.30 in the morning and at noon, each for a half hour. Those will also be on Facebook Live. But if you can get, it, get here uh, in person, get here. Especially if you're fasting, there's nothing better than to fill that time when you would usually be eating, but with prayer and reading the word. So those will be uh, those days as well. What I want you to do, I want you to imagine uh, what you're doing during, during uh, overflow as sowing seeds into the soil of your 2023. I need you to see it that way because if not, you'll see it as this is a really busy week. This is a really full week. Instead, you could say, I'm gonna take the seeds that the Lord's given me. I'm gonna sow some seeds into prayer, sow some seeds into fasting, sow some seeds of worship, sow some seeds of maybe even down at this altar. Maybe some of you have never stepped foot in an altar of a church to receive prayer. And I want you to sow seeds absolutely expecting to reap a harvest. No farmer ever sows seeds without expecting to reap a harvest, amen? So I believe that this year with overflow will be significant, but I actually believe this week there will be the plowing of ground, there will be the sowing of some seeds, and we will begin to see harvest in certain people's lives. Now you might think it's really weird, like, well, actually it's like 60 degrees, so it's not that weird, but you might think it's weird talking about farming or gardening or sowing seeds in January, especially in our culture, in our, in our uh, temperature, in our area of the world. But actually in the Eastern uh, culture, their agricultural year began in October or November. The rains would begin to fall and then they would reap their harvest in April or May. And when you think about it in the kingdom, the Lord often has us do things that are opposite of the world. So we would say, this is definitely not a time of sowing seed. This is a time of eating a lot of food and you know, not even knowing what day it is. We're in the holidays here. And now you want me to sow seeds. Absolutely. In the kingdom, he wants you to know what season it is. And it's not always lining up with how it feels in the natural. So he's saying, if you want to reap a harvest through this year, right now, like today is always the best day to sow seeds into your heart, right? And let the Lord do his work. Amen? I want my heart ready. I want your heart ready for anything that the Lord has to reap that harvest. What I'm gonna talk about just uh, in a few, uh, a few verses from the book of Amos 
And during my time, it was just during my reading time, I have a reading plan, so I'll read like where the Lord sends me sometimes, and then uh, if he's not like speaking directly of where I should camp out, I'll go back to a reading plan that I have set that just goes through the Bible. So I was just in the book of Amos. And when you're reading it, it's like there's like destruction after destruction and punishment, and the entire book of Amos is really talking about Israel's disobedience and what their impending doom was going to be. Amos was a prophet from this uh, city that was just south of Jerusalem. He was a local man. He was a trusted voice. And this book of Amos was the visions that he saw from God, and then he communicated what the Lord was saying because Israel continued to disobey. So this book records very specific areas of calamity, doom, famine, eventually exile. All these things are going to happen. In fact, if you're not careful and if you don't understand the covenants of God, you might think like, God's a very angry God. If you understand in the Old Testament, this is before Jesus came. This is before we had a perfect sacrifice where the wrath of God could be poured out on. This was before the church age. So now God, being in covenant with his people, there was an agreement between him and his people. And when they broke covenant, he punished them. When they kept covenant, he blessed them. Now in the new covenant, we are in covenant with God through Christ Jesus. So we're simply blessed because we're in this covenant. God's not looking for ways to punish us. He does discipline us. He does chastise us through his word. But when we mess up, he's not pouring out the calamity that we see in the Old Testament. Are you with me? Shake your head if you're understanding a little. I don't have time to go into it a lot today, but we have to understand Jesus died on the cross. It says, cursed is anyone who hangs on that tree. So he became a curse so we could receive his blessing. These verses are still very important in Amos because it does show us the importance of our reliance upon God. Listen, we can walk ourselves right into ruin. We don't need the Lord to punish us. We disobey the Lord and walk in ignorance and walk in rebellion. We'll walk our way right into misery. But the Lord is with us to bless us. In fact, I believe when we're looking at these verses, so the most of the book of Amos is the calamity, the punishment, the judgment. At the tail end of chapter nine, we get this restoration, this blessing, this harvest, and we see, you know what? It's always God's heart to bless his people. It's always God's heart to bring restoration. When we look at these verses at the tail end, it does talk about the national Israel coming back together. It can also look at the future time in the new Jerusalem when we're all together. But I do believe because we are in the church age, because now there is no Jew or Gentile, we are all one in Christ, that we can receive these verses for now in this church age. This is what I believe. I believe that the Lord wants to bring his people into a season of tremendous blessing, favor, and harvest. It's called a life of overflow. It's the overflow. It's not because we named 2023 it. He always wants us to live in a life of overflow. So let's take a look. If you wanna wanna hear about all the punishment and all the calamity, read the first uh, eight and a half chapters. We're getting right to the good stuff where the Lord says, listen, my love is everlasting. My patience is, is never ending with you. I am, or I have a will and a desire to bless my people. So after all this famine, earthquake, calamity, drought, 
exile. This is what the Lord says. In Amos chapter 9, starting at verse 11, it says, In that day I will restore David's fallen shelter. I will repair its broken walls and restore its ruins and rebuild it as it used to be so that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that bear my name, declares the Lord who will do these things. Now Amos was prophesying about a time where there would be national and political renewal. This was not just talking about some spiritual renewal. This is when the lineage of David would once again rule and reign. See, if you know the life of David, it was prophesied, or the Lord actually spoke to him about how his lineage, how his throne would reign forever and ever and ever. And now we see Israel actually split into a northern and southern kingdom. There's division. And now the Lord's saying, in that day, I am going to bring everyone back under the shelter of David. What that word shelter, or maybe your Bible says tent. Some of yours might say that. Some of them might actually say tabernacle. It means the protection the covering of a governing system. Now, we know the answer to that is the kingdom of God. But for them who's listening and saying, okay, we've rebelled against you, we've messed up, we've fallen so short of your glory, and yet one day you're going to bring us all back together. That's why it's so trivial. Like, listen, we're in 2023, and we still have churches that are arguing about minor doctrinal issues or a style of worship, or the way we preach, the way we teach. We, as church leaders, if we're not careful, and church members can actually walk in pride thinking we have an edge on the market. And we're looking all the way back in this time. They still couldn't figure it out then, and we have a hard time figuring it out now. But I believe in these days, and what he's prophesying through Amos is saying, in those days, we're gonna set aside our programs. We're gonna set aside our differences in style. And we're gonna make Jesus the one thing. The one thing where we could gather as different churches with minor differences in our beliefs and worship Jesus as king. He's saying it's gonna happen. They're believing it in the natural, but I believe for it in the spiritual. Now, if you've been with us for a while, you know that last year's word and the theme was restore. We spent a significant amount of time on talking about different areas of your life to be restored in. This is what's happening in the beginning of these verses. Do you see what's happening? He's restoring the tent of David. He's restoring the ruined lands. He's restoring what has been broken. And I believe it's because he was preparing them for the overflow. He was preparing them for the harvest. God's restoration always leads to something greater. It's called the overflow, right? Don't, don't surrender yourself fresh to the Lord and have him do a, a work in your life and allow forgiveness to flow and bitterness to leave and anger and jealousy and complaining and all that stuff leave and then not believe it's not for something greater, Right, he wants to clean us out and put us back together because he has a life of overflow ready for us. We have to have our hearts prepared, amen? Let's go to verse 13. This is really what struck me. It took me a while to actually even understand what's going on in these verses, uh, but I believe that the Lord wants us to launch this year of overflow with this. Amos uh, verse, uh, chapter nine, verse 13. It says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman and the planter by the one treading grapes. 
new wine will drip from the mountains and flow from all the hills. So what the Lord's saying is, is this, Israel, you used to be a source of provision and blessing and prosperity to surrounding nations. You've lost that because of your infighting, because of your rebellion, because of your disobedience. But you will one day regain that position of being the source of life to surrounding nations. You know what that, the answer to this was? Jesus and the kingdom of God. Right now, believers carrying the message of the kingdom can be the source of life, Jesus himself, to all surrounding communities, nations, and across this world. I want you to look at four words in this verse 13. There's plowing, or there's reaping first, then plowing, there's planting, and there's treading. In the east, plowing actually began in the first rains of October or November, and then they would reap in April or May. If we look at what this verse is saying here, the one who is plowing is actually overtaking the one who is reaping. So if you picture this, the guy has his, his plower out and it, it was you know, with the animals or hand pushed. They didn't have the big machines back then. And maybe they've plowed field one and they went to field two and they crossed over this tree line and they actually see somebody still reaping the wheat. That would look quite odd because that was supposed to finish six months prior. What the Lord's saying in these verses is this harvest is going to come so fast and so abundantly that it's going to be time to plow again and the harvesters are still going to be gathering the harvest. Right? And this is awesome. It's not because Israel proved themselves to God. It's not because they got their act together. It's because of God's great, great goodness in our lives. His love and his pursuit. He's saying, listen, trust in me. Keep looking to me. We're gonna figure this thing out as we go. And there will be a day where you will still be harvesting as it's time to plow. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. So then Amos, or the Lord through Amos switches it on him. Look at the verse here, and it says that the planter will be overcome by the one treading grapes. So what's the picture here? Is that these grapes, the harvest is going to come again quickly and abundantly. The person will be in the wine press, still treading and stamping on the grapes. And the, the guy, that's, he's like, okay, it's time to start planting. And he's going to be planting his seeds. He's going to be sowing seeds. And the guy's going to come up beside him. He's going to be like, chill out. I know it's planting season, but we still have way too many grapes to tread. It is such a sign of abundance that the Lord has for his people. I want you to see this too, because there's different needs in this room as you listen to a message like this. I want you first, when you hear words like abundance and prosperity, favor and blessing, force your heart to connect it to a spiritual reality first. Don't hear my words like, good, because I've always wanted that red Corvette, and this is the year. Listen, if the Lord blesses you with it, absolutely take it and ride it around like you the man, like you own it, right? <laughs> Might as well enjoy what the Lord gives you, right? So I'm not speaking against natural blessing. I'm saying force your heart to connect Old Testament physical and natural blessings to spiritual blessing first. Steward the spiritual blessing first. And then if he gives you abundance in the natural, you'll know how to steward that because you've already learned how to steward the spiritual. Are you with me? So we're not against wealth. We're not against abundance in the natural. 
You see it throughout the Bible, the Lord providing way more than enough, way more than enough, but force yourself to think about the spiritual first. So if you think about what's happening here, in a famine, no food, in a drought, little food, in exile, they're not even in control of their food or their wine. And the Lord is saying, there's going to be a day where this person's going to be treading Six months past harvest time, still treading the grapes because of the abundance, the overflow. And look at the, uh, at the picture he paints at the end of verse 13. New wine will drip from the mountains and will flow from all the hills. I mean, think about that. Think about the image that Amos is painting for the followers. That it's as if they're going to look up in the hills and they're going to see rivers of wine flowing down. Not only does it provide for the people of God, it's also an image and a picture to everybody else in the surrounding lands. They have something that I don't have. How did they get that? And what are they gonna say? My God provided for me. My Lord is the reason why there are rivers of juice, rivers of wine flowing from the mountains. This is a picture of the life of overflow. And it was God's will for his people to live in it. Even while he's talking about disobedience, he's saying, you guys are messing up royally. Like you can't get it together. And yet this is my will for your life, a life of overflow. You know, Jesus talks about wine when he refers to the work of the spirit in the kingdom of God. He talks about how we, the people who are now in the kingdom and carriers of the kingdom, basically have wineskins. And when the kingdom of God came, Jesus introduced a new way to do things, like sowing seeds on January 1st when you wouldn't think it's time to. He just did life differently. And he said that we have to be like a new wineskin, not an old wineskin. If we're an old wineskin, we're rigid and we're saying, well, God's just going to do the things that he did in 2022. My life's going to be like this. I bet this is going to happen. This will probably. If we're looking at it and we're looking at the old way and the way that things always have been, what's going to happen is the Lord's going to crush these grapes into fresh wine, a fresh work of the Spirit, and pour it into our wineskin. And our wineskin, if it's old, it will be rigid and can't expand as the wine ferments. And what happens after it expands, it bursts and all the wine overflows, but it's a destructive overflow. It's wasted. But he said, if we have a new wineskin, as the Lord crushes these grapes into a new work of the Spirit, the Spirit will be poured out and our wineskin, our soul, our heart, our lives will be able to expand and move and flow with the Spirit. And now the overflow of the Spirit is not wasted on the floor. The overflow of the Spirit is what Paul talked about. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And it's not a one-time filling. It is, if you look at that word filled, it's continuously being filled with the Spirit. Well, you might say, well, my wineskin's only this big, Lord. He's saying, no, 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 no. This is a productive overflow. This is the life of overflow I have for you to be filled ongoing with the Spirit of God. And now the Spirit that's overflowing in your life gets on to everybody else. People walk away soaking wet. They don't know what happened to them. They just want what you have. How many nations could see this happening? 
the plowman and the harvester at the same time? The treading of the grapes and the one sowing seeds at the same time? What is going on in that land? Right? When we're miserable, complaining, can't barely get ourselves together, nobody wants what we have. This is what the, the lost people want. They want to see a spiritual harvest in our lives and they'll grab hold of it and they can live the life of overflow as well. Amen? Amen. Pastor Adam, I'll have you come as we close up. I want to read just two more verses out of the closing of Amos chapter nine. He says, I will bring my people, Israel, back from exile. So out of uh, this, this punishment, this slavery, back into freedom. It says, they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. Listen, it's the Lord's will for the harvest. It's the Lord's will for the ruins to be restored. But we do the work with him. If you don't sow seeds, you won't get a harvest. I don't have time to show up for the conference. I'm doing this, this. Why, six days in a row, why can't we just do a Sunday night? If you don't sow seeds, you won't get a harvest. Right? If we don't dig wells, we won't accomplish the will that the Lord has for us. If they came back in freedom and didn't start putting block upon block upon block, their cities wouldn't be rebuilt. So it's the Lord's will, it's by his grace, it's by his power that we can have more than enough and live in overflow, but there's work to do with the Lord. So he says, they will rebuild the ruined cities and live in them. They will plant vineyards and drink their wine. They will make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant Israel in their own land. What, what does that mean? That's where they always belong. Right, when there's a part of you that's broken, a part that doesn't believe that you can have more than enough for all situations. We're not in our own land in that situation, right? And the Lord's saying, no, there's a day we're gonna get our people back to where they always belong. And their walls are gonna be strong, their houses are gonna be sturdy, their, their harvest is gonna be fruitful and abundant, and there is the life of overflow. So he says, never again, to be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. When you look at these verses and you're studying the word, you have to understand original context. The original context specifically is talking to his people and the restoration of their land, the two kingdoms becoming one again. And we can also, if we understand covenants correctly, we would know now there, from God's eyes, there's no male, female, Greek or Jew, free or slave. So though we know there's a very literal meaning to this, we can also receive this by faith for our lives. We're in the church age, folks. We're in the kingdom of God already. So yes, we have a new Jerusalem, a heaven to look forward to, but he wants us to live a life of overflow right here and now. He doesn't want his children miserable, begging because they just don't have enough. They don't have enough joy. They don't have enough hope. They don't have enough to pay their bills, spiritual and natural. Start with the spiritual, let it overflow into the natural. So this promise would have given Israel a strong, strong foundation in their identity. Like, this is my daddy. This is our father. This is his will that division would be gone, famine would be gone, brokenness would be gone, we'd be restored and living in the overflow. Now, if that could give them 
confidence and a good foundation in their identity. How much more on the other side of the cross should we not believe these verses for our life today? Right? God, you have a harvest for me. In fact, he's saying there's going to be a time where you won't even know if it's plowing or reaping season. There will be people busy doing kingdom work and there will be crisscrossing paths and picking up harvests and treading grapes and throwing seeds down. And that will be an authentic, sovereign move of the Spirit. But there's work for us to do. We have to sow seeds. We have to sow seeds. We have to be willing to partner with what the Lord wants to do in our lives for this harvest. Why don't we stand as we close today? There, there was a time where Israel was like, hey, listen, we are in trouble. We are headed for earthquake, drought, and famine. We're going to have barely enough. Right? And then, okay, things were working out okay. We're going to have just enough. But there came a season where they had to believe that they would have more than enough. And this is my hope for you. It will be my prayer for you as we head into these next several weeks that the lie of you'll never have enough, think spiritually first, folks, that you'll never have enough, that that lie will be broken. And honestly, the lie that you'll have just enough will be broken. And that you will know that the Lord's will for your life is to always have more than enough. We connect with that spiritually. We will have the stewardship principles in place to steward the natural blessing of the Lord. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. There's no reason to talk about overflow if you don't even have Jesus in your heart to begin with. He is the source of life. He's the living water. He's the one that gives the spirit. So you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior first or foremost, or all of this is worth nothing to you. So I'm gonna ask you very simply, plain and clear. If you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that simply means is you've never made a decision to begin following him. You've never laid down and surrendered your old way of life to pick up a new way of life in Christ Jesus. If you've never done that before, you're like, listen, I don't even understand this. You're talking about gardening and grapes and so on, but this guy, Jesus, sounds like what I need today. You don't have to understand it all. You have to be willing to take a first step, and we have people to help you do that. If that's you today, and you wanna take that first step with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand with confidence, look up at me with boldness, And we want to be able to celebrate with you and pray with you after service. Anyone in this room at all want to make that decision for the first time? Surrendering an old way of living. Receiving Jesus into my life to begin brand new. Source of life-giving water. Anyone at all. If you are online and you are making that decision, I want you after this service to go to the hub Quick on the quick, click on the quick connect and it will give you instructions right there of how to fill out a brief form and let us know your decision. If you're willing to, why don't you guys put your hands out to the front of you like you are receiving these sheaves of wheat and these bunches of grapes. Heavenly Father, we couldn't come up with this stuff on our own if we tried. Even in disobedience and rebellion, you, your will for us is always goodness and blessing. And we believe today, I believe today, I can't speak for everybody, but I believe today that you want to bring your people into a season of tremendous blessing, favor, and harvest. And Lord, I believe that that is a life of overflow. And Father, as we see your goodness, I believe that ignorance and rebellion and sin 
and addiction is going to shed off of us quickly because we are going to see the good one who gives an abundant harvest, a life of overflow. So today, Lord, we give no excuse for rebellion. We give no excuse for sin. We give no excuse for addiction. We say, Lord, show us who you truly are. Show us you are the Lord of the harvest. Show us you are the Lord who wants to see fresh rivers of living water flowing from us as the Spirit works in us. We want to receive all that you have for us today and throughout this year. So God, I thank you for the exuberance that you've allowed us to have to worship you. I pray that would continue into next week, this month, and throughout this year. We want to live a life of overflow. And we trust you for it today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and go visit centralconnect.org for more information and media.